0: Well, let's get into the word. I'll go ahead and pray and we'll get started tonight. Lord, we thank you for your engrafted word. It's able to save our souls. We thank you, Lord. It is a light unto our feet, a lamp unto our path that will hide it in our heart that we might not sin against thee. We thank you, Lord, for your light and illumination. You're enlightening our eyes tonight that um, this message will go deep into our hearts, Father, and we will um, take note of it and the seriousness of it and and yet you minister with such grace and such uh love and compassion lord we thank you for it in jesus name amen, amen. well our pastor ministered on sunday morning um uh, about the communion table and uh shared some things about the unity of the brethren and i knew then uh because uh, the Lord had been talking to me about some of these things that I was going to piggyback off of his message tonight and uh, add some things that I've seen uh, through the years and uh, in the word of God and how important it is to uh, to the Lord that we dwell as much as possible in the unity of the spirit. Amen. And really, this is one of our uh, seven prayer directives for the church is to pray for unity because uh, strife and division such is such a um, destructive force. Yes, They're yes. just forces of the enemy. I like what one person said. I wrote it down here. It says, strife is a terrible, evil spirit. One of the greatest threats to the body of Christ. Isn't that something? One of the greatest threats to the body of Christ. And so um, we need to be... Uh, as sheep inoculated (laughs) against some of this, right? They're talking about, um, you know, all the, uh, what is the vaccinations and all that stuff? Well, spiritually we can be (laughs) inoculated, right? As sheep and not get this kind of stuff going in our midst. And so, and we know that it's not just churches that he tries to destroy, but he tries to destroy relationships as well, marriages, business. Anything that he can come in and divide and, you know, uh, Abraham Lincoln said, uh, you know, a, a country divided against itself can't stand. Well, he got it from the Lord. Amen. And so we certainly see that uh, division can, uh, bring a lot of chaos and a lot of, um, disheartening things to people's lives and innocent people too that might not even be involved in it, but it affects them. So uh, it's, a, it's an important subject, and I want to uh, start here with Psalm 133. Psalm 133, and the Bible says here, Behold, verse 1, Psalm 133, 1, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment poured on the head that ran down on the beard, even the beard of Aaron, the first high priest, that came down and upon the collar and the skirts of his garments, consecrating the whole body. It is like the dew of lofty Mount Hermon and the dew that comes on the hills of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, even life forevermore, upon the high and the lowly. So we see that God loves unity. Yeah. And He said how pleasant it is. It pleases Him. And, uh, it is, I believe, a sweet smell, uh, before Him. You know, uh, as a parent, I know it's so nice when my children are getting along. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know that through the years, some of us, especially if you have, you know, several, several children, uh, they can get in a big old, Mess can at times, and it just is horrible to try to make things happen. Uh, you know, family reunions, get-togethers, etc. When people are at each other's throats, but it's so nice when everybody's smiling and getting along. And sometimes it's rare, you know, but we we uh, cherish those moments and say thank God. And I think that's the way He feels about us at times, you know, because it really is our choice. To uh to walk in the love of God and to walk in his mercy and to be those who forgive uh, and take on that characteristic of God that says He's ready to forgive. You know, are we ready to forgive? Or are we resisting forgiveness oh, because they've harmed us or hurt us or done us wrong? Um, but praise God, we can take his love, agape, unconditional love. And use his love to love people. Amen. So uh, we see here again. To dwell together. And that's what our pastor was. uh, So beautifully talking about on Sunday. Discerning the Lord's body. Rightly discerning the Lord's body. And uh, that. We. If we don't. uh, Have an open mind with this. And really accept people. Into our lives. No matter what you know nobody is just going to be the perfect person um there's everybody's got their flaws everybody has their hang-ups <laughs> yeah. people have their dysfunctions you know we all do but you know it's so nice to look past that and see the gift in people and see uh the 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 positive things about people and really you can learn from anybody even people who are hateful and mean and Uh, you know judgmental and critical you can learn not to be that way (laughs) but by by taking note of their life so then you owe them a thanks for for acting the way they do thank you because i I don't ever want to be that way right (laughs) and we have a life lesson right there so um the the beauty of the body of christ is the diversity and sometimes you know we 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 go with what's familiar to us because it's comfortable and we are attracted to people who are kind of like us at times and forget that um, really we're missing out when uh, when we don't reach out to people who are different because they have a whole new perspective that we can learn, especially about the Lord. Yeah. You know, uh, I remember uh, Milan Lefebvre, a friend of ours, For years and years and years, David and I, he just passed away and they had his funeral a week ago. And I remember years ago when he was at Mount Perrin Church of God as a youth minister. um, And we knew Dr. Paul Walker there, who was the pastor. And uh, Milan was his youth director. And and on the cover of Charisma magazine, they had the two of them together. And I still have this magazine. I meant to bring it tonight, but I didn't. And, uh, wow. Dr. Paul Walker is dressed in a suit and a tie. He looks presidential almost. You know, he's just immaculate the way he's dressed and, uh, was such a, uh, an amazing man. Remarkable really in every way. And then Mylon is sitting there and he has hair down his back <laughs> and he has on, you know, more youthful clo- clothing, of course. And, uh, the two of them were, you know, ministering together at that mighty, powerful church. And they looked so different that I loved it. I kept it, you know, all these years. Because I thought, we need to be open, don't we, to people who don't look like us, who don't dress like us, who, you know, might not have the same vocabulary or even ways of thinking that they love God. Yeah. Amen. And then... You know, we can learn something from them and hopefully they can learn something from us. So we miss we miss out by cutting people out of our lives. You know, uh, uh, we traveled for years with Kreplo and Taffy Dollar and it was so neat because, you know, they're black, we're white. And I really had not spent that much quality time with black people. Sorry to say, but the place I grew up with was, you know, predominantly white. Our school was I think we had one black person in the whole school and so I just didn't have the opportunity really to be that close and it was so wonderful because I learned so much and they learned from us you know and we would laugh and joke about being different races and the different ways that we thought and you know and and you know Creplo said we have dog hair and I, I never thought about it but it's true you know dog hair (laughs) and so you know it was just funny the different things David did tent ministry with Rosie Greer for 10 years and he said they, you know they had these mutual exchanges too about the differences but yet you know the love of God and the power of God was so real and so powerful and I think that the differences of our being added to our ministry together and I think David felt the same way with Rosie because of They were so different and yet it, you know, brought so much to the table when they were preaching and ministering. Well, the devil hates that. He doesn't want that to happen. So he wants racial division and he wants, uh, gender, you know, strife, you know, women against men and all this, you know, what all's going on now with all that. And then he wants age discrimination. You know, young people don't want old people in church and old people don't want young people in church. And you think, wait, we're missing out. Amen. We're missing out in the body of Christ if we don't have young people. We're missing out if we don't have old people. Um, And so we need to really uh, not cut people out of our lives because those people could be the very ones that bring the blessing to you. And that part of Christ that you really, really need, amen, yes. and um, vice versa. You know, We could be the ones that could be an answer to prayer in other people's lives. So uh, prejudice is a horrible thing. It's of the devil, amen, yes. and uh, the body of Christ should be the most open to uh, every person yes. to minister and to love. Certainly Jesus was that way, and we saw him on the earthly walk loving people, um, no matter what uh, gender, no matter what age, no matter what um, background, even uh, non-Jews. <laughs> he was nice to them and ministered to them and loved them. Amen? So um, I'm going to just uh, read here in Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, and uh, verse 3. I love the book of Ephesians, don't you? So good. Ephesians 4 and verse 3. Uh, so let's move up. Let's move up to uh, verse 2. With all lowliness and meekness, because I think this, this, these characteristics are so important for us to stay in unity, is uh, lowliness and meekness instead of ha- haughtiness and pride. Those things really bring division. Um, lowliness and meekness and that meekness is not weakness we know that it's it means teachable um you know uh we would say to tappy and the cripple you teach us teach us what is offensive to uh you know what we would say or do that would be offended that we that we wouldn't even know was offensive and and vice versa you know they would they would talk to us and we would talk to them and and uh we would learn amen um So meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Endeavoring to do that. Um, The Amplified says, be eager and strive earnestly to guard and to keep the harmony and oneness um, of and produced by the Spirit in the binding power of peace. So this is something that doesn't come automatically. (laughs) We have to endeavor and strive earnestly and to be eager to guard and keep the harmony and oneness. I heard many years ago, you know, if someone's upset, you can throw gasoline on it and make it bigger or you can throw water on it and put it out. And it's up to you what you do at that point when someone is angry or spreading gossip or lies or uh, just making into windows, whatever they're doing that uh, could cause division and uh, create strife. So we have a choice at that point to endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And then uh, we see in verse 14 here that we be henceforth Uh, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, for from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted, by that which every joint supplies, and we have to realize that every person has a supply, yeah. even if we think they are the, you know, the, the maybe the dumbest spiritually or whatever we think, or the most carnal, you know, or you know whatever our minds and hearts tell us about people. We have to know the word says they have a supply, Amen. they have a supply, yeah. and they are important. And pastor read it the other day that, um, even the, the most uncomely parts are so important. They're so significant. Don't miss it. Amen. Don't miss the life that they bring to the body of Christ. Because if we miss out on their supply, it, uh, decreases the effectiveness of the body of Christ. And it says here, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, Maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Now let's look at Colossians chapter two and verse two. Colossians two, two says that their hearts might be comforted being knit together in love. That their hearts might be comforted being knit together in love. Now this is one of my prayers that our church the people here are knit together in the love of God. Because it brings comfort. Amen. It brings comfort to each other. Um, you know, anytime, uh, we have strife around, it brings uneasiness. It brings discord. It brings, really, I think it affects us all physically. Uh, we've been, we were watching the band of brothers for the 16th time. <laughs> And they're, you know, they get to, uh, fighting and, uh, a lot of gunfire and, you know, explosives and all that. And our dog just went nuts in the midst of this. And I said, David, she's not used to all this, you know, loud war, you know, she's used to a very peaceful home where, you know, we play the piano and praise the Lord and stuff. And so we had to kind of calm her down. It affects you when all that mess is going on, when there's war in whatever uh, situation you're in. But it, there can be comfort and um, there can be encouragement and blessing. The, and the Amplified here says, For my concern is that their hearts may be braced, comforted, cheered, and encouraged as they are knit together in love that they may come to have all the abounding wealth and blessing of assured conviction of understanding and that they may become progressively more intimately acquainted with and may know more definitely and accurately and thoroughly that mystic secret of God which is Christ, the Anointed One. That's what we want to uh, have as our atmosphere here. When people come in, they can see the anointed one, the Christ. Amen. Yes. And because our hearts are knit together in love, there's a comfort that comes along with that, an encouragement. And uh, the Bible says cheerfulness. Praise God. So um, let's look. Um, you know, we, I was thinking about Halloween because it's October. And all the uh, scary things people in our neighborhood have already started decorating. I, they say that it's one of the biggest decorated holidays, <laughs> you know, all year. And so, you know, they got people hanging from the trees, and they've got skeletons, and they, you know, all the stuff. <laughs> so scary, scary, scary. And then the the movies start, you know, coming out the scary movies, etc. But I think one of the scariest things that we have to watch out for is strife. I think it's more devilish than a witch on a broom at Halloween. Yeah. Amen. It's more devilish. It's more, uh, damaging and destructive than any kind of pumpkin or, you know, or whatever we would see even this month. So, uh, yeah, that's right. you know, watch out for, for, for these things. This is more demonic. Amen. Um, Patsy, some of you know her, Patsy Caminetti, a friend of mine, my roommate at a Bible school. She came to our church years and years ago and to preach. And she said, on the way here, um, I was sitting beside a, a guy that is in the satanic church and I started talking to him. Patsy would talk to anybody, wouldn't she? Did. And so he's, he told her, he said, we've been fasting and praying against Christian marriages. Against Christian marriages. And um, she said, you know, the devil loves strife and he loves division. So um, we won't let him in. Amen? Amen? We're not ignorant of his devices. And so when we see this come up in our hearts and minds, uh, we need to be very aware of how destructive it is and not give place to it. Amen? Yes um i i was reading a book by kenneth copeland this week and he it's his brand new book it's really interesting uh the covenant and the contradiction and um he said that gloria got mad at him one time and she started to stomp out of the room and he said all of a sudden she turned around and she came back she said i decided not to get mad <laughs> and i thought that's you know it's not always easy but we do have a choice <laughs> I just decided not to get mad. I thought, wow, that's a, you know, example for all of us, isn't it? All right, Proverbs. Let's look at some of this strife stuff. You ready? We're going to go through this pretty quickly, but I want you to see a couple of things here, what these verses are saying, but I want you to also see how many verses there are to warn us against strife. Proverbs 15, look at verse 18. A wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. A wrathful man. So somebody that's angry. Anger, you really have to watch anger. It's not a bad emotion necessarily. Really, emotions aren't bad. It's what you do with the emotions. The Bible says, be angry, but sin not. Right? It's okay to be angry. I think sometimes it's justifiable because If you see something that, or if you felt something or somebody said something, you're not angry about it. You wouldn't even be normal. All right? So you acknowledge the anger. But then what you do with that? You go stir up strife against that person? Or do you go to the Lord and say, did you hear that conversation? (laughs) Did you hear what they just said to me or did to me or, you know, trying to ruin me or whatever? And let the Lord deal with it. Amen? Now, I'm speaking from experience. And you probably, I know some of you have been on the earth for a while. You probably know exactly what I'm saying. You've had the same thing happen. But I tell you, let the Lord deal with it. Amen? Proverbs 16, look at verse uh, 28. A forward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth the chief friends. So we see here uh, the word forward means, uh, it has many uh, kind of synonyms. I'll, I'll say some of them. Someone who is difficult, uh, deceitful, obstinate, uh, crooked, or perverse. So uh, this kind of person you have to kind of watch out for. You see the characteristics of them. They're going to sow strife. And uh, just be prepared. Some of them come in church. They're dressed like a sheep, but they have fangs. Just like a wolf, right? In sheep's clothing. Notice it doesn't say a wolf in pastor's clothing or shepherd's. It says a sheep. And they'll come in and sit among you and whisper. And they'll whisper things like, I don't think you're pastor's. I don't think they're doing right. I don't think they're working right. I don't think... Mm, mm, right? And what are they doing? Stirring up strife. Stirring up strife to destroy the church. And many times it comes from uh, the unhappiness in their lives that they're experiencing. It's their own, yeah. And many times it comes from um, a place of jealousy or envy. Right. And you have to watch, you know, because really, if you're not an envious person, you can't really believe that anybody would be that. way. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? If you're not a jealous person or envious, you just think, could it really be that? And you just have to know the Bible says where there's envy and jealousy, there's confusion and every evil work. Now that's a lot of evil work, right? Every evil work, so that uh, there there could be that green eyed monster there, and um, many times it comes in the form of they can't do it right, but I could do it right. <laughs> no. They don't aren't, don't have the potential, but I have the potential, and we see it time and time and time and time and time again in churches, especially. And if this person succeeds in the division, many times they try to pastor the church, split the church, pastor the church. The church goes into ruin. They're part of it because it wasn't started properly. It wasn't done properly. It was started out of strife. And what? why would you start a church like that, you know? But anyway, it's just like the devil. He tried to split heaven, you know, and say, I could be like the Most High, and he went across town and tried to start another church, right? And, of course, uh, God dealt with him pretty severely. And so, you know, you have to mark those, the Bible says, that cause division among you and avoid them. And, you know, I'm just not a real avoider of people. I really, really like people. I <laughs> like, you know, thank God, I, I don't, you know, I, I just, I don't try to be that way. I just like people. And it's very difficult for me to avoid people, but I have had to learn boundaries. Amen? And because I love God more than I love people, there are times where I have to avoid people who are causing chaos, strife, and division. Amen. Amen. And you have to just draw the boundary. When you start walking in love, we'll have a relationship again. Until that time, you're blocked. <laughs> right? You're blocked. And uh, then you then you give them to the Lord and pray for them. Yes. Don't hate people, but you just avoid those who are going to cause. Because some people have the wrong idea. Like, they could never talk me out of love in this church. They couldn't talk me out of loving this pastor. But see, words are seeds. So words being spoken, we just read it by a whisper behind people's backs. They're going to have seeds that are sown into your soul. And then you can get them out. You can uproot those seeds. But it's best not just to have those seeds sown. Amen. Do you see what I'm saying? We've, we've seen it time and time again. David said he was raised on a church pew. He said <laughs> the first week he was born, yeah. they brought him to church and set him on the pew. His parents were pastors, you know, so he's seen it probably more than any of us, <laughs> but it's the same scenario. I've been in ministry 40 years and I've seen it at church after church after church. And, uh, you know, so another little caveat here while we're talking about all this wonderful subject, um, is that don't get mad when the pastor has to handle it. Yep. Amen? Yep. Don't get upset when the pastor has to handle uh, what's going on because it's his job. That's right. That's it's right. his job to protect the sheep. Yep. Amen? Yep. To lay down his life for the sheep. Even if it's not fun for him, it's not comfortable for him, he doesn't want to do it, he wants the church to grow. He wants people to stay. He wants every pew to be filled. Amen? We're not in the business of running off people. We're in the business of getting people in here. But not at the expense of dividing, trying to conquer the church. Amen? Now, I can. T- I, I, I just want to... Make a footnote of this right now. There's, I don't know any strife in this church at all. And so that's not why I'm teaching this tonight. That's the best time to teach it when you haven't heard anything about anything. Amen? So I can freely speak with not and look at everybody and not feel anything, right? Because right now, as far as I know, in the natural realm, this is the most loving, knit-together church you'll ever find. And I love you for that. And I thank you for that. But I do know that uh, these things are real and um, that you you will be faced, if not this year, next year, or the next year. You will be faced with this situation because the devil's plan, his devices are to cause strife, yes. conflict, and quarrel, and struggle, and disagreement, opposition. That's where he comes to try to get people to fight and get that angry undercurrent going. Yeah. And we will not allow it. Amen? We will not allow it. Strife is a terrible, terrible thing. Um, so let's look at Proverbs 22. Now I'm going to bring this to a close pretty quickly here. Just a couple of more scriptures. Proverbs 22, look at verse 10. And this says, Cast out the scorner, and contention shall go out. Isn't that amazing? The person who's doing it. It will come to an end. Yea, strife and repro- reproach shall cease. Uh, the Amplified uses the word abuse. It says, drive out the scoffer. You know, the Bible says, don't sit in the seat of the scorner. <laughs> you know, Don't sit with the people that are, are uh, causing this contention. Drive out the scoffer and the contention will go out. Yes, strife and abuse will cease. So really, this is a person that's an abuser. That would cause this kind of conflict, especially in a church. And then we'll look over to, uh, Proverbs 26 and verse 17. It's, I'm just hitting the highlights here. There's really, you should continually read through Proverbs. I do because it's such a book of wisdom and it says, has so much to say about the subject. Proverbs 26, 17. He that passes by and meddleth with the strife Belongeth not to him is like one that taketh a dog by the ears. So uh, here you go with someone getting involved in strife. Maybe you're not the one that created it or started it, but you get to meddling in it <laughs> and get involved in it. And it says it's like taking a dog by the ears. Nothing is going to turn out well when you take a dog by the ears. We see especially you know back then there was more wild dogs like jekylls and things, and so uh it was it's very um uh hurtful to to be bitten. Have you ever been bitten by a dog? Lord, have mercy and so uh when you do this uh type of thing, you're going to get bitten in the in the mix. it's just best not to get in enthralled in it or drawn into it as. Recognize it and stay away from it. Amen. And then look at verse 17, I mean uh, 20, where there is no wood, where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So they, where there is no tail bearer, the strife ceases. Well, we can stop it. As the coals are to burning coals, wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. So uh you know again you can you can put coals on it or you can put gasoline on it or you can uh cover it with a blanket leave it alone cover it with water put it out amen our choice and um, then James chapter 3 and we'll end with this James chapter 3 are you blessed tonight <laughs> amen Praise God. We're going to keep the sheep safe. James three fourteen. With the help of the Holy Ghost, of course. Without Him, we're nothing. James 3. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and... Devilish. Devilish. Bitter envy and strife is devilish. We should stay away from it just like we would stay away from a seance or stay away from a palm reader or stay away from some 1-900 number that's going to tell your, you know, future. Stay away from this kind of stuff. Stay away from envy and strife. It is destructive. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. And we quoted that, but I wanted you to see it in James 3.16. Where there's envying and strife, there's confusion and every evil work. So what do we do? Well, we dwell together in unity. Amen. We pray to the Lord. Lord, how? you know if this situation with this person there's personality conflicts or there's differences of opinions uh some sometimes we are so different from other people <laughs> we can't even see what they're saying it's like what are you even talking about you're talking a different language than me and and yet they they can have wisdom they can have light and they can have a giftedness and a supply uh, as well for us so we have to spend time and learn their language a little bit amen? amen learn about them be have that meekness and humility to say let's learn about each other i have uh, <clears throat> a counseling practice in uh, panama city and uh, some of the situations there are funny because these women are in dormitories together you know they have to live together and work together for two years during the recovery process, and two of them weren't getting along at all. I mean, at all, like cat fights, you know. And one of them was fixing to leave because of the other one, and and so we prayed. We prayed, Lord, help us know the way of unity here, know the way of of uh, togetherness, and what to do, you know. And so uh, this one gal that was probably the innocent one in the party uh, said, the Lord showed her. Get this girl and y'all pick a a scripture out of a hat. Put a bunch of scripture references in a hat. Pick one out every morning and both of you memorize it. And by the end of the day, you know, say it to the whole group. And um, they started doing that. And now they've really become close. They've become connected. And just that little bit of a ritual, you know, of, memorizing the scripture and they said that they tease each other because during the day they'll call each other and say have you memorized it yet you know and uh yeah i already have but i haven't well you better get to it you know so they um they really turned this relationship around and and so we can do it amen it is possible and i believe by the holy ghost he gives us the wisdom to do it amen